0: Hey, girl. Hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. So here's the deal. I have a two-hour talk radio show, The Taylor Strecker Show, Monday through Friday that's available live from 8 to 10 a.m. EST and then available for download to listen to whenever you want. But it's a subscription-based radio show. Hey, running a live radio show ain't cheap, honey. I do, however, realize that some people can't or simply don't want to pay for content. So here's a little bite of what I'm all about for you to nibble on. I hope you love it. Hey, girl, hey, hello, from Cannes, France, from the Cannes Film Festival, not even just Cannes, from the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, I'm Taylor Strecker, as you know. You listen to my show, The Taylor Strecker Show, and it was so important to me when I was on this trip in a way that I was able to bring you guys with me, like almost transport you to Cannes, France. And I know I had great pre-recorded stuff for you guys when I was gone, but... It was imperative that you guys got to experience Can along with me. So here I am doing a show live from Can. I mean, it's not live live, but it's live to tape. Same thing, essentially. Anyway, so I'm here with Tay right now, and she's working so hard. I'm so proud of her. She's not going to be on this portion of the podcast or the radio show because she's working. Um, But we're going to get to conversations with Tay in just a little bit. I mean, basically... We have to recap everything from the second we left our apartment got to the airport got in the plane i successfully put myself into a mild coma it actually scared taylor at one point and then in the morning when the sun was shining through the plane it scared me too but we'll go into more details um later on in this show but first things first so i've been interviewing incredible people here people honestly that i've really never heard of but in Europe, they're, like, a major big deal. And, like, us Americans, we're so ethnocentric. Like, we feel like there's... We're, we Honestly, having left the country and doing what we're doing, I realize we're in such a goddamn bubble. Like, we need to check ourselves. It's kind of crazy. But, yeah, so I've interviewed some amazing people. So I decided to incorporate those interviews into this live radio show because these interviews have been incredible, inspiring, just also mind altering and opening. So we have that coming up for you as well. And then I'm hoping to have an opportunity to hang out with some of Tay's co-workers, talk about TFQ, The Girls' Lounge, what they do, what they're all about. Um, and yeah, just give you kind of like a 360 perspective of what I've been doing away from you all this time and can. Okay, so first things first, um, full disclosure, and I have just worked a full day. We're, like, on day three. Day three? So we're a little delirious, in a good way. Um, hungry, thank God. Got to get skinny for getting younger. And also drinking wine, because it's happy hour here. So I've had, like, two glasses of Sincere. all day, And... I probably sound different to you than I do on most shows because most shows are in the morning and I'm obviously sober. If I was a drunk on a show at this point in my life, that would be a problem. But I'm, I'm not drunk. I'm just a little buzzed, but you might hear a different side of me. It's almost like we're having like cocktails with Tay-Tay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so bringing you a show from Cannes, covered that, check, check, check. And right now, I want to do some introductions of what you're about to hear from my interview. So, first things first, I got a chance to hang out with these incredible guys. They're both named Omar. Omar Noor and Omar Samara. Oh, and by the way, you guys know how bad I am with last names. This has been a fucking nightmare for me. It's, I mean, European names, yes, difficult. French names? Impossible. And I've been fucking up everybody's name, and I hope I'm not insulting them. I just keep going like this. I'm American. I feel like when you do something stupid, if you just say, I'm American, and smile with like a cute dimple, people forgive you. So, uh, But Omar and Omar were easy, because they have the same name. And of course they told them that Taylor and Taylor... We were both here, and they love that the Omars and the Taylors—they ate that shit up. But these guys were insane. So Omar Noor, if I'm saying his name right, I hope I am. Uh, he is a triathlete, and then Omar Sam Samra—I <laughs> can't even say it right now—but Omar Samra, he is a, a mountaineer. That basically means he like climbs mountains and like has like every like insane peak in the world, like Mount Everest or whatever. He's accomplished. So basically, they're two... uh, I mean, athletes doesn't even put what they do into perspective. They're like human machines, and they're adventurers. They're like Christopher Columbus, but now. And also really hot and Egyptian. So, Because Christopher Columbus was... Death's not hot and certainly not Egyptian. Although Italian ain't shabby either. Was Christopher Columbus Italian? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> basically now you're getting an experience of what I've been doing the entire Girls Lounge I'm, I've realized I'm very uninformed and I don't know history I don't know um, languages in general I can't say people's names and I should probably start reading magazines and newspapers more so back to these guys the Omars I'll call them they have a film that is is—it's uh, a documentary and it's premiering right now at Cannes and it's called Beyond The Raging Sea, or is it called Beyond Raging Sea? Beyond the or Beyond Raging Sea? Beyond the Raging Sea. Beyond the Raging Sea. Beyond the Raging raging Sea. And what they basically did is they did a race across the Atlantic Ocean. Tay, do you remember their count, like the points, point A to point B? It was, no, like where they started, where they ended. Whatever. So basically they went across the, like, Atlantic Ocean in a raft. Not, a, not even like a dinghy. I asked them, I said, was it kind, I said, give me a movie reference. Like, was it like um, in, what's that movie uh, that I love? Yes, Town to Mr. Ripley. I'm like, was it like the dinghy in Town to Mr. Ripley when beautiful blonde haired boy, what's his name? Matt Damon. <laughs> no, other one. Not Matt Damon, other one. He, yeah, pretty face, pretty face. And he was with um the other girl who's pretty face, Sierra Miller. Sienna? Sienna Miller. Sierra Miller. Hello! You guys are getting me raw. I am like a half-brained version of myself. Come on. Oh my God, what is his name? I'm going to keep this in because I want to see how long it takes, say, to Google it. Yeah, and you're screaming at me. His name is Jude Law. Uh, and Jude Law gets killed in that dinghy. Oh, my God. Tragic. Best movie ever. Love Town to Mister Ripley. It's one of my la- sleepy time movies I watch. So uh, I said, is it a dinghy like that? And they said, no, even smaller. I said, what? And they said, think Captain Phillips, Tom Hanks. I said, Oh, my God. Holy shit. So these guys went in this, like, fucking raft across the ocean. And so uh, Omar Samra, the mountaineer, he said that he was flying over the Atlantic Ocean. I don't know, like, maybe from, like, New York to Europe or whatever. And he said that he saw how rough it was, even though he was so high above the sky. And he also was thinking about refugees who like cross these crazy oceans to find salvation in countries that are free and support them. So he thought to himself, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great? I'm giving him a French accent, but he was Egyptian. But wouldn't it be great? (laughs) Yeah, awesome. If I took a friend, his friend, also Omar, and we actually crossed the Atlantic Ocean and like what basically refugees come over to different countries in for salvation so that was the, do- <laughs> that was the documentary they did it they said they almost died it was cray cray but i won't go on any further because they explain everything beautifully they were so cool they were so cute and uh it's really a great and fascinating interview so here's my interview with the omars and uh i hope you enjoy it if you're looking for a good morning define good
2: the Taylor Strecker
1: Show.
0: Hi everyone. I am Taylor Strecker and right now we are in the Girls Lounge at the Cannes Film Festival and we are joined right now by Omar and Omar. Oh my gosh. I love you already. It's like <laughs> twin name name twinning.
2: You welcome. We made it easy for you.
0: <laughs> you did make it easy. Thank you so much. I you love do. How
2: you especially pronounce my names.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, very differently. Yeah. I will I, I do my research, you know. <laughs> so you guys are here for uh, a documentary that you're both starring in, uh, Beyond the Raging Sea. I kind of th- I know what it's about, but I'm going to let you tell the audience what it's about.
3: Oh wow! Okay, so so Omar and I embarked on this crazy journey, which yes. was to row across the Atlantic, across um, the Atlantic. Yeah, from La Gomera, Spanish Canary Islands, all the way to Antigua. It's three thousand miles. It's unsupported. It's on a small little rowboat.
0: <sighs> small? How, how, like like give me like a a movie reference. Small, like um. Like uh, Like Town to Mr. Ripley, small.
2: (laughs) Just just the just a tiny bit bigger than Tom Hanks's sort of raft in.
0: No, just
2: a tiny bit. Great
0: reference. Thank you very much for (laughs) that visual. I appreciate it. So, what made you Crazy Cats do this?
2: Well, it wouldn't make much sense either, explaining it, but uh, about four or five years ago, I was um, traveling across the ocean, Uh but on a plane, as a normal human being. Uh Um, And then I was watching a film, and I was looking out the window, and I saw this vast ocean. And I thought, wow, cool. And then I, f- I watched the movie, looked out of the window again, and still the same vast ocean. I had this idea. Would not it be really cool to be able to cross that ocean, but without using an um, engine or without using a sail? And that was sort of the seed of the idea.
0: Wow, wouldn't it be really cool? That's not <laughs> what I would think.
2: <laughs> and, and after what happened to us,
3: I told him t- he should have just watched the movie. <laughs> right? Like, okay. why are we doing this? <laughs> so you're
0: both, uh, I mean, professional athletes doesn't even begin to quantify what you do. So you're a mountaineer.
2: He's the mountain. Oh, you're a
0: mountaineer. Yes. Sorry, and you're a triathlete.
2: I was a professional triathlete. Yes. Okay,
0: wait. So the the tri- you're you're the triathlete. Yes. So it makes sense actually for you to come up with this crazy idea because you spend a bit of time in water. You're on mountains.
3: Yeah. Ocean's not like
0: your forte. Yeah,
3: but Omar Omar does like crazy adventures. He pushes the limits. He's 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 seen things. He's risked his life, right? Yes. So so there's things like uh like this would be more in his wheelhouse than me. Like I suffer I can suffer an immense amount for like an hour and forty five minutes, two hours. Right. And then I'm done and I take a shower and I'm in a nice little hotel relaxing. Uh-huh. And you know, it doesn't stop with adventuring.
0: He's all about endurance.
2: Yeah, I mean, like uh, something like climbing Mount Everest or going to the North or South Pole is sort of a weeks-long, sometimes more than a month, two months expedition.
0: And the conditions are insane.
2: The conditions are insane, but it's completely different conditions. It's very dry. It's um, you know, it's cold. It's a it's a very different uh, type yeah. of environment.
0: So, what is a scarier environment, a mountain or the ocean?
2: I mean, the ocean is just uh, the complete unknown. I mean, for me, there's a sense of like stability and safety in mountains. Uh-huh. Um, you have, you can have a storm in the mountains, but there's, you can seek refuge. You can, you can go into a snow cave. You can stay in your tent. Mm-hmm. Once you're out in the ocean and you're caught in a storm, you're just gonna have to go through it.
0: So, what was the experience like? I mean, literally, death-defying.
3: Yeah,
2: it was insane. So, essentially, what ended
3: up happening, and not to tell you about the whole movie, you're gonna have to go see. No it, okay. spoiler. Um, no here. spoiler. Okay. But essentially, what happened is our boat, which is supposed to. Sell self-right, got hit by some pretty massive waves. We're talking 8 to 10 meter waves. Huge and uh, 80 kilometer an hour winds. And it flipped and it wouldn't self-right. So we were left to basically try to survive. Our life raft didn't inflate and a bunch of things, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And we were about uh, 800, 900 kilometers away from La Gomera. We were outside of helicopter rescue. We didn't have any communication. So we were completely alone. And we later found out we were in great white shark hunting territory just to add like insult to injury. And we were just like, we were left to fend for ourselves and take care of each
2: other to try to survive the situation.
0: Wow. That's unbelievable. How do you shoot something like this?
2: <laughs> well, the uh, the documentary is more of a sort of a talking heads. Uh-huh. Um, there's interviews with us, our families, and uh, one of the things that we were trying to do is we were trying to obviously cross the ocean, but we were really trying to use this opportunity as an opportunity to raise awareness about the plight of refugees uh-huh. doing dangerous crossings. Um, Absolutely. But we were just trying to cross the ocean. Unwittingly, we ended up going through this immense experience, which actually brought um, our experiences. Together quite closely during those 13 hours of the rescue and eight days at sea. Yeah. Um, but having gone through all this, you know, harrowing experience, we still realize that it's only a fraction of what they go through because we were extremely prepared. Right. We trained. We had the best equipment. And then once we were saved, a week later, we were back reunited with friends and families. So to uh, to actually imagine going through all of that just to get to a point where you have an uncertain future, maybe the risk of being um, sent back or you know it's, it's just a, it's, it's a cause that we feel very passionately about but even after having done the experience it's something that we you know we, we feel blessed that we yeah, I mean having it's a, it's a traumatic experience for us but having gone through that we're blessed to be able to share that with the world and and you know maybe share a different perspective on the, on the issue
0: and the screening is today of your film
2: yes at 12. Cannes Film
0: Festival congratulations thank you so much I'm so excited for you guys <laughs> before I let you go so here in the girls lounge we're all about equality and equal pay for women and men in the workplace. And it's something that we're, you know, struggling to work towards. And you guys have traveled all over the world with your, you know, uh, adventures, if you will. And you're both Egyptian. So I want to ask you what's equality like uh, in the workplace for Egyptian men and women? Is it equal, 50 50? Is there an imbalance? In America, for every dollar uh, a white man makes, uh, a woman makes 80 cents.
3: Uh, well, f- so I live in. In half the year in Dubai and half the year in uh, in the U.S. So I'm gonna have to let Omar answer the, the Egypt question. Okay. But one of the things as a as a professional triathlete, that is a huge issue that's, yes. that's been tackled. Yes. Uh, because um, it used to be a time when when uh, if a man won a race, it would be a completely different paycheck than a woman. And I I'm pretty proud to be part of a sport that actually took that very very seriously, mm-hmm. the equal pay, and they 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 have they have altered that. And wow. the majority of the races, the the pay is equal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so men and Women, the podium, and uh, depending on how deep it pays—if it pays five, five deep or ten deep—is equal. It's men equal. and women, which is awesome, and it, it makes Amazing. me proud to be part of a of a sport that uh, that uh, relishes that.
0: Yes, there It's so important. Yeah, yeah. How long has that been going on for? The it's last quite some
3: time. I mean, it's it's it, 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 don't quote me on it because I don't know the details. But like, it's been a subject as long as I've been a professional, which is nine years. It's been a subject that's been tackled, and for as long as I've been a, I've been a professional, yeah. it has been equal pay. Yes. So it's um. Yeah, it's
0: good. That's um, wonderful. That's great news. Okay.
2: Okay, so back home, I would say that uh, there's a lot of room for improvement. Okay. Um, if I'm doing the parallel between, you know, Walmart's, uh sports, uh, my world, I run an adventure travel company. And I started this in 2009. And since then, we've seen a huge amount of uh, women from the Middle East mm. uh, Going into you know these adventures and these journeys, actually the biggest demographic for us is Saudi women. Wow! Uh, the first Saudi woman to climb Mount Everest uh, started hiking and climbing with us. So you have this you have this you know dichotomy where you have you know things aren't where they should be, and there's, a, and there's a need for a lot of improvement, but at the same time, what that's created is a, is a sort of a hunger and thirst um, of the women of the region to really push boundaries. Um, so we're seeing this change um, quite rapidly, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, it's, it's really important because um, it, needs to, it needs to be equal, like you said. Yeah.
0: But the good news is that we're all having this conversation, and through our different perspectives, it sounds like in our different parts of the world, change needs to happen, but it is happening. Yes. So that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. You guys, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And um, congratulations on being alive. <laughs> thank
2: you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We're mm-hmm. excited.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: the Taylor Strecker Show. We're
0: on the cutting edge of stupid, meaningless violence.
1: It could be worse. She could be your dentist.
0: Wasn't that friggin' fascinating. I love how it ended. Congrats on being alive. I'm so inappropriate. (laughs) I think either people here love me or they probably really hate me. but So that was their story and that's uh, a documentary that they basically came up with and they're screening it at Cannes Film Festival. Good luck to them. I hope they win because it is a festival. There's judges. And actually it's so interesting. So A big theme of the Cannes Film Festival is the fact that there's inequality when it comes to female directors, uh, female-centric movies versus men or male. And the jury, because they have, like, an actual panel of judges, is predominantly female this year, which is, like, kind of historical. And Kate Blanchett is the president of that jury. So, I'm, li- listen to me. I'm so informed. I'm learning so much. I'm so proud of myself. I'm also probably annoying everybody at this cafe around me more than life itself. They're like, that fucking American is so annoying, and she is so pasty, and she is drinking far too much sunset. So... That was those guys. Up next is an interview I did. It was super last minute, and it's so crazy because it's really such a small world. So it's uh, an interview I did with this uh, mother-daughter team. So Devika uh, Bise and her mother, Swati, and her mother uh, and her wrote it together, and her mother, I'm not sure if I'm going to be honest, if her mother choreographed uh, it because her mother's a dancer and so she's a great choreographer, and directed it or if she just did the direction of the choreography. But they both wrote it. But I'm not sure if her mom directed it or not. But anyway, they're both heavily involved. And Devika is an actress. She's a... Tay, you said she's a Bollywood actress? Like very, very, very famous. In, in, in India. Okay, But she actually also happens to live in New York And she's friends with one of my friends Rachel Bagelman And she has this great uh, web series called Bagel Bites So shameless plug And Devika and I are now (laughs) Best friends We both were wearing capes Hers was black, mine was white We were twinsing. And so this movie was about um, a warrior princess, is what I'm going to say, in India. And so I don't know. So this is me trying to give a history lesson. So a long, long, long time ago (laughs) in India, the fucking English were like... You know, trying to control all the Indian people, which is so rude and so wrong. And so this woman, I don't remember her name, but she decided to create basically an upheaval of the government and say, like, no more with you, British. We are done, and we are Indian, and we are going to live separately from the British Parliament. The fact that I just knew it was Parliament makes me feel like I got a 1,500 on my SATs. Is that the high score or 1,400? See, it's like, it's it's incredible how I can go from so smart to so stupid in a split second. So they made this movie about this amazing woman who really, like, changed the history of India, and it's all about female empowerment, and it's all... It's also about women supporting women because as she was fighting against the British Parliament and obviously Queen Victoria was the head of everything, they were enemies, but they were like kind of frenemies because Queen Victoria, although she was like so fucking pissed at this warrior, was also like, thank you so much for being a woman leading the troops um anyway i'm probably doing such a disservice to the actual storyline of this movie right now but i had a chance to hang out with devika and her mother swati and this movie that they created and the reasons why are so fascinating and it's all about female empowerment and it was so inspiring and it almost made me feel like holy shit times have changed like for the worse like What is it, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago? I'm so bad at history math. But basically, many, many years ago, I'll say it again, women were sticking up for women's rights, being respected by men and their uh, female frenemies. And it was just super inspiring. Anyway, I also, in this interview, get my history wicked wrong, say names wrong, and embarrass myself. So I hope you enjoy. The Taylor Strecker Show, a caffeinated experience to start your day. Hi, everyone. We are here at the Cannes Film Festival inside the Girls' Lounge. So what we do here at the Girls' Lounge is we host female networking lounges at events all over the world. And it's really a place where women can come together, and they can network, they can talk. But most importantly, they can create solutions for problems in the workplace. So I'm very excited. Right now, I have mother-daughter team. This is the first mother-daughter team we've had. I'm jealous. I miss my mom. Um, we have Devika and Swati Besa. Bisa. Bizet. Bizet. Wow. I really butchered that one. You know what's crazy? I've been kind of nailing the French names and now like I have kind of a New Yorker funny. with me and I ruin your name. <laughs> Classic me. That's awesome. So you guys are here at Cannes and uh, your trailer for your movie mm-hmm. just came out at Cannes and it's going to be out end a year and it's called Swords and Scepters. Yes. Okay. So what's the movie about? Tell us everything.
4: Um, so it's a true story about the historic queen of Nchasi, known as Rani Lakshmi Bai, from 1857. Yes, and she raised an all-female cavalry and took on the East India Company. She was a warrior queen, she was the general of her army, and she, because of her mutiny, is the reason that the East India Company was kicked out of India. So she incited real change, and India gained its independence about a hundred years after, but she's really the one who planted the seed of independence that every freedom fighter thereafter has said inspired them to continue her fight. And although Many, many people know... Everyone in India knows her name, knows about her, knows a lot about her story. Globally, it's not really a known... I didn't know it. A known entity or or a known character, and that's why it's something that was really important to bring to screen and and bring to the global audience. Yes.
0: I also heard that Queen Elizabeth was her frenemy. Correct? (laughs) Queen Victoria. Queen (laughs) Victoria. See, I'm
4: also about (laughs) a history. So... My mother directed the yes. film, and we co-wrote the script. Co-wrote the script. So it's, a, it's really been a collaborative project that we've been working on for many years now. Um, so, yeah, Swati, what was it
0: like to work with your daughter?
1: Um, I have been a history major student from high school and college, and my subject was 1857 mutiny. Yes. So I had the advantage of years of knowing the subject very well. Secondly, I was always doing projects all my life. I'm a Indian classical dancer. Yes. And I've been on stage for the last 40 years, which means I'm only 35. Of course. <laughs> and uh, I have remained 35 for many years. That's my plan. So, I like that. <laughs> so with... with that kind of research and the background that all my stories used to be on the goddess Durga or you know something which had to do with women's empowerment before people talked about women's empowerment when people asked me I said I don't think it's about empowerment that's who we are and why is it that every mother looks at her child in India. I was a defiant young girl and my mother would say, stop being like Rani Lakshmi Bhai. And that always reminded me that she must have stood up for something that people didn't like. And the more I researched her, the more fascinated I became because she also came from a part of India, which is Maharashtra, Mm -hmm. which is where uh, we come from. And I speak the language, so I'm able to do the research in that language. Okay. So it's not really, her work is not translated, the details are not known. So she's a well-known figure, but if you ask anyone, they'll just say, Oh, the Rani, she was 28 years old, she died in battle. And if you ask anything more, they don't know. Wow. But she was such an amazing woman that she tied her young son to her back and just rode out from her fort when it was under attack after... Three weeks of being under attack by the East India Company and the siege Uh and uh, continued her fight where Queen Victoria was actually amazed at this young queen. And I feel the power of these two women in the movie. Yes. Who there's no good or bad. It is each one was following their destiny and each one was doing what they had to do for their country. So there
0: was. Even though they were on opposite sides. They yes. really had a lot in in common. I was gonna say there was. It sounds like there was a mutual respect. It's like women lifting up women, even when they're legitimately in battle That's, with each other. That is
1: that is what I wanted to bring out because Jodi May is playing um, Queen Victoria, uh-huh. and uh, Jodi's real age is also exactly what Victoria was at that time. Wow! So uh, the the Queen was thirty nine, and the Rani of Jhansi was twenty eight. And both amazing, powerful women who made history and men were following them. So the reason I think I wanted to do this movie was not just bring her out of Jhansi to the world, but she's a real woman. I did not have to make her up. Right. I didn't have to write anything that she didn't do. In fact, I had to keep underplaying it because even her enemies, like Sir Hugh Rose, praised her and said she's like the Joan of Arc. Now, why do you think, because I feel like we're kind of in a similar totally different time
0: but I feel like we're fighting similar battles now for women and I mean here we are at the Cannes Film Festival and it's a very big issue. Uh, Me Too is also a very um, important issue at the moment you know it times up exactly and I feel like now though when women fight sometimes there's a lot of resistance and pushback so it's so interesting so many years ago it was kind of widely I respected so why the shift what happens
1: I agree completely and what I may say is not something my daughter agrees with okay because I'm 58 real and she's not you told your real age yes (laughs) I did I said to hell with it you know and I've really found that society puts you down when you allow it people are very threatened Yep. I have always threatened people when I walk into a room yep. and I tell them, don't say I'm sweet. I'm five foot one and I am very, very spicy. <laughs> you won't be able to handle it. So, you know, it's really a question of how you view yourself. That's how someone views you. And that's the number one thing I wanted to tell my daughter as I brought her up. Please don't whine. Fix it. You know, my mom said the same as that thing. She said, I was
0: being a victim, and she said to me, People treat you how you let them. And I went, Oh, crap. It's my fault. So, and I think that that's such an empowering message because it's very easy to play victim and to point fingers. But at the end of the day, we can just pull ourselves up by the bootstraps yes. and do whatever we need to and, get and done. And she
1: did this. Rani Lakshmi Bai lost her husband. She lost her father, who she was brought up by. She didn't look around and say, hey, who do I now look at? Which male? Yeah. She just did what she had to do. She was an astute politician. She was very good to her people. Some betrayed her, but that is real real life. Right. And I honestly feel that today's women should respect not just the mother, but the grandmothers because I have watched very powerful women from that generation yeah. who spoke up, were not politically correct, and really did empower other women. Today, people, the pie has gotten small. And very often the women are not empowering the other woman. They're very worried, would she get that instead of me? Right. And I think it should be about telling every woman in any form,
0: it's fantastic what you're doing. So a big thing we talk about here at Girls' Lounge is pay inequality. So we get paid 80 cents to every dollar a man makes. And we always sit here and say, what is the solution? And actually, we have statistics that support the fact that uh, we are going to close the wage gap at this rate in 217 years. Oh, no. oh, yeah, it's great. That's wonderful news for all of us. But I feel like you're very
1: solution-oriented. So, uh, yeah. Swati, can you tell us how we close sure. that wage gap quicker? Simple. It's very difficult because I did it okay. for years. Okay. I did it for years. Everyone would say to me, how come you don't perform at certain places in New York? And I said, I tell them I will not do anything for free. I, in fact, don't need to pay my rent because... I have someone paying my rent. Yes. But I'm doing it so that other women who do not have the money... And I said, the same women you're taking programs where I turn them down. Yes. So you're not helping yourself. You're letting them exploit you. Yes. And I said, I don't need to. Yeah. So I have always given this message, I think, for the last 30 years on stage that... You should respect the work that the woman is doing. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, would tell many organizations that do you go to church or temple? Do you pray to your gods? Mm-hmm. How much money does that cost you to put flowers on them? I said, why then are you not respecting my work? Right. What then are you refusing to pay me? So I think pretty much if actors or any of the women, any say i'm not going to do it and when the job goes to another woman she says i'm not going to do it yes till you respect all of us we are a group yes we're not individuals no that's the solution
0: so we have to stick stronger. together that's right stronger together we are yes where's yes. the sign I know. it's right here yeah, stand there. up stand out stronger together stronger is that what it says <laughs> same thing <laughs> uh,
4: the, the character of the ronnie was so inspirational yes because she didn't need a- anyone else to tell her i mean many many people stood up to her and she continued with her own fight and on a side note, she was a badass. Yeah, she rode with two swords in each hand, with her reins in her
0: teeth. How would she hold on to the horse? With reins in her teeth. Reins? in Sorry, <laughs> reins in her teeth. I was picturing her like doing thigh Master muscle I mean, basically, workouts. Yes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> also, which was also very cool to train for because I got the opportunity to learn how to horseback ride, learn how to do martial arts, Indian ancient martial arts that I would have never learned otherwise. Did this like I'm gonna call it chutzpah? Did chutzpah. it like rub off onto you? Absolutely, I'm gonna miss. I think because I played her for three months, and when you're on camera, off camera, you're sort of living and breathing the Ronnie. And I think yes. Carrying her persona throughout my life is going to be more important than probably any other role I'll,
0: I'll play, at least for a, a while. So I'm a radio show host, and yes. it's been about 11 years, and people just say, oh my gosh, you inspire me. I love how you are on the radio. And I thought to myself, I wish I was who I am on the radio in real life. I'm a wind in real life. And so it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You, like, you want to you be that, that version of you. It's almost like that Sasha Fierce version exactly. of you. So what are the three qualities that you would like to take in your real life from your character?
4: Oof! Um, I love chutzpah because I'm an Upper East cider, so I
0: know a lot of people. Yeah, we <laughs> all aspire for we a little bit of chutzpah Hutzpah every single no, day. No, but I,
4: I would just say um, courage, uh, tenacity, because that's sometimes so important, where, where you really think for years and years that you can do it, and then at some point you waver, but really having that persistence to keep fighting the good fight is really, really important more than anything else. Courage, tenacity, um, and wit. She was incredibly intelligent and she used it to disarm a- anyone who came her way. And I think that was, it was just a really fabulous character to play. It was just a privilege.
0: You guys are an inspiration, really. Oh. And the love between you is so palpable. It's oh. just amazing. So I'm going to ask you one last question before I let you go. You know, there's been a lot of talk lately that, I mean, we know that there's uh, pain inequality in many different industries, but now we know it's very, very ever-present in Hollywood, and we're at the Cannes Film Festival. So... Do you think that the solution for pay inequality in any industry, whether it's Hollywood or otherwise, would be just complete and full transparency of what people are making? Do you think that that
1: could fix the problem? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't think it's just the women. I would like all the men. I want to know what they make. To come out and Mm -hmm. say, this is what I get paid. Yeah. What else do, you know? So you know the equality and that exists. That, and I
0: think that's really, really Mark Wahlberg, all Absolutely. the money in the world. Yes. Hey. Five million in p And uh, Michelle Williams made, it, I think,
4: 625000 Yes. Javier Bardem and Penelope Put- Cruz um, also, yes, have been doing that for Cannes. where they, yes, yes yeah. They made
0: sure that they were being paid. he She said, he'll make more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But full transparency.
1: Full transparency, but also more men advocates. And I believe there are quite a few yep. who come out and stand by what all women have been trying. And frankly, I think women have had a tough job because even women sometimes say, well, I'm not the one who's going to be in the kitchen. What's wrong in being in the kitchen? Mm-hmm. I'm not putting down any women who are either making jams or are in the kitchen. I think they have the hardest job to be the strength of a family, Absolutely, to have the basis of what they do and go out, do their careers and juggle. Hats off to all women. I think they really have a tough time, as I say we do, but most women have a lot of struggling to do and they do need our support.
0: Yes, exactly. Here we like to spell feminism with men inside of it because we can't we can't get anything accomplished without the help of men so
1: and i've also been on the board of women's empowerment for many years now for all of asia for asia foundation Mm -hmm. we run the lotus group and we travel to jakarta and indonesia and we talk to all these women and we have different levels but a lot of them we hand out education Mm -hmm. and that is the only way to make them understand to question to question what is the pay for someone else? Why is my work less than someone else? Yep. Why is the treatment a director will give to a male actor versus a female? Yep. It should be each time questioned. I think sometimes the male director may not even know. It might be just a, yes. I mean, a, a subconscious gender bias. Absolutely. Exactly. So speak up. Point speak it out. Speak up. That is it. Speak up. Pound your fist and speak up. Like you said, know your worth. On heart. the table and... Don't be scared about consequences because nobody has gotten anywhere without losing a lot. I mean, amen to that.
0: <laughs> thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Yeah.
1: Thank you. It was such a pleasure. Such a
0: pleasure. And thank you for all that you do. And also make sure to keep an eye out for your film. It's going to be coming out end of year, correct? Yes. Swords TVD. Swords and Scepters. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you. You're listening to The Taylor Stryker Show. It's about time. What now? Shut up.
0: Wasn't that fascinating? I mean, I'm, I'm blown away. Anyway, so these are the type of interviews I'm doing here in Cannes for the film festival. And I'm going to be honest. TFQ was this amazing company. And sometimes I feel like I'm not worthy. There was actually an interview I did. I don't even remember which one. Oh, I know which one. It was with... Uh, Aisa, this amazing uh, Senegalese actress. Listen to me knowing shit. Isn't it? It feels like the Twilight Zone. I'm in the upside down right now. In a good way. But basically um, she wrote this book on, what was the book called? Black Is Not My Job. Black is not my job and it's kind of about the fact that just because she's a black actress doesn't mean that she's the ambassador for all black people it touches upon racism, sexism and she was incredible and there was this like an ama- immediate like, like there was th- this news outlet that was there and they saw me interviewing her and they were like, oh my god, we have to cover this and so they covered our interview and then after they were like, can we talk to you about American views on racism? And I'm like I am not worthy, I am not equipped, I am a dumb dumb person, can we talk about The Real Housewives Of Beverly Hills, taste saying I'm not, but I'm just trying to give them the person like my frame of mind. So we did the interview, and then I did the interview with this. It, they're basically like the E! News of France. Like a big, huge deal. And so they're interviewing me about racism in America. And then they interview um, Aissa. And Aissa, I guess, in, in Senegal, they, is it Senegal? <laughs> oh my God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> Senegal. They speak, or, or their language is rooted in French, or they speak French, and she's fluent in French. And she was a little nervous speaking in English, but then she did the interview. So I'm there doing my interview in English. She understands me. Then they start interviewing her in French. I'm standing there like a dopamagope that has no language skills whatsoever. I can barely speak English. And it went on for like five minutes. And she was speaking fluent French back to the fluent French interviewee or interviewer. And I was standing there smiling like, just keep smiling, just keep smiling, you're on camera. But quite frankly, I- Even know if they were mocking me or not, but uh, the actress that interviewed was so sweet, so I don't think she would mock me in front of me. At least I hope she didn't, because if she was, I was standing there while they're making fun of me, just smiling from ear to ear like a complete idiot. But no, ultimately, it was a great experience. But yeah, I mean, after that interview, I was just feeling a little insecure. And I started, I said to Tay, like, oh, you're going to the bathroom? Can I walk to the bathroom with you? I walked to the bathroom with her and I started crying. I'm like the worst. Poor Taylor, she's like literally my boss on this trip. She has to treat me now like a girlfriend and like a boss. And I was like, I feel like I sounded stupid. I hope I represented the brand correctly. And I was like tears streaming down my face in the middle of this, of this, I mean, major press chunket. And Tay was like, no, you did great, whatever. Who she's probably lying to me because she loves me and she's so sweet Um, but yeah it's been it's been incredible and I feel like I'm learning so much but at the same time I feel like this company, TFQ, it's just amazing and I'm just trying to find the Tay niche in it and I hope I'm doing a good job but anyway guys, so uh, I hope you enjoy those interviews with those amazing inspiring people and trust me, there's much more to come on this episode of the Taylor Strucker show. I'm going to be talking to my girlfriend Taylor and I also hope to pull some of her co-workers aside, Alan, Heather, Jen, they're also amazing and speaking of I feel stupid. They're all so smart. Um, They literally have to prep me before every interview. Thank bejesus for them. It's Chatters JB. So yeah. So more to come. And I hope you guys are enjoying this Taylor Strecker show, or or this the Taylor Strecker show live from the Cannes Film Festival. Hey girl, hey, did you love this taste of me? Want more? Then make sure to go to taylorstrecker.com to subscribe to The Taylor Strecker Show for hours and hours of me entertaining your ass. Content with this nibble? Well, then I'll see you next Wednesday and make sure to subscribe to The Taste of Taylor podcast and follow me on social media at taylorstrecker.